Hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott. And, and we're, we're going, going round, round Springfield. Springfield. <laughs> The extra mile, <laughs> the post-mortem epilogue tape. Here we are. Beautiful. Yeah. If you we... guys were wondering, like, what happened to them after the final podcast, this is where you find out uh, where we've been for the yeah. last 10 years, even though it's actually just one week. <laughs> this is the after credits, last burst of a scene, tag in a Marvel movie, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson joke, insert here. Um, <laughs> we're here from the other side <laughs> why, do, why do i immediately go to we have died and now we are ghosts um i think that in a way we have died in a way yeah. you know we've we've been reborn as different podcast names and yes, different we premises yeah. where we've been a phoenix who rises from the ashes yeah and now we reflect on all of the amazing time and how long it's been and we're just going to go through a little nostalgia fest yeah and you know listen if you guys have listened to this podcast since the beginning you've heard us wax on about how much we love each other and how grateful we are for this podcast and all the projects that have come out of it like our book and you know all that fun stuff you've heard us talk about it but you know what we're sentimental bitches and we're going to talk about it again and I don't like your (laughs) attitude mister (laughs) Yeah, so. you need to calm down. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I know we both feel this way, but I'd be remiss in not having this little epilogue moment because even though our last episode with a guest, Matt freaking Graining, was pretty pretty epic, a young upstart with a bright future ahead of him, you know, <laughs> the podcast started with us and baby, it's going to end with us. So it sure is. I love us bookending this um not a true bookend, but you know what I mean? Having this moment to kind of just have it be the people who make this show go around. We don't, <laughs> we don't care about those guests, really. We only care about each other. <laughs> that is very true. I have never cared about a guest and I never will care about a guest. Yeah. I only have care for Julia. Oh, <laughs> that's nice. And um, our listeners. Yeah. Well, since uh, last week was our big epic Matt Groening episode, any reflections, Allie, on how that was received? There were a lot of people saying lovely things online. Not sure if you saw yeah. any of it. <laughs> I know I you saw did. A, <laughs> I saw a bit of it. Yeah. Um, so much time had passed since we recorded it and when it was released. And that is evident in the screenshot that I took of us because I have mittens on. We are in... <laughs> like the dead of summer right now yeah. <laughs> at the time of recording my hair weirdly is the same <laughs> i did that on purpose amazing yeah i met my mullet People were at the other side your hair. were they really <laughs> yeah they were saying oh, the best hair in the biz and nice. then at the, and then parentheses Allie's hair is good too so i got a little <laughs> honorable mention as well <laughs> that feels like a very simpsons thing to add a parenthetical to a compliment <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, since, uh, yeah, so we knew that Matt was going to be our final episode and we had always aspired to have Matt on the show, especially since the two of us independently have gotten to briefly have encounters with him and he's always been very favorable. It was always so funny to me. Um, anytime I would run into him at 
like a Simpsons thing, uh, I would say like, oh, hey, how's it going? And he was just like, I'll do your podcast one day. I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> and it's just like, I wasn't even going to say anything. Right. But he knows. <laughs> but he, but he, he knew, he just knew that it's kind of like, I think there's a level of just like, I'm going to get on the gym. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do what's best for everybody and go do your fucking podcast. Yeah. (laughs) I don't remember if we reflected on this in our little wrap up after our interview, but I think both of us were just so happy about how long he wanted to chat. And, you know, it seems like he just had a really kind of fun experience for him of like getting to talk about the show and talk about his life and like talk about stuff in a way that maybe, you know, in the past has been a little irksome or overdone and it felt nice and exciting. And, um, it's a podcast that uh, even if we were not the hosts, I feel like I would love to listen to. So the fact that we got to be the hosts of the show made it that much cooler and yeah, it was really awesome. And I'm I'm really proud of that one. Yeah. Really great. Me too. Yeah. That was always the headline message when people asked like, Oh my God. Cause we of course both posted being millennials. Um, we had to immediately go to Instagram and post a screenshot of us interviewing young upstart Matt Groening, um, months ago (laughs) when it happened. But when people asked me about it, like how was, you know, that interview and you know, what kind of stories, whatever my first headline, uh, comment was like, we were with him for three hours. Hours, (laughs) which I know doesn't include like an actual um, comment on my feeling about how it went, (laughs) but I think that you do get that in like that we were so eager and giddy to sit with him as long as possible. We would have gone on four, five, six hours if he had requested, um, ordered in some Postmates, figured it out. Um, But the fact that he was so generous with his time, and I think it's true to what you said, Allie, of like. It's, you know, remarkable that he wanted to, you know, talk about his life and probably was happy to in in that setting, even if like his tone was grievous in wanting to come on the podcast. (laughs) Um, You know, it it was so great to have him just be there and, and providing all of those different stories that you don't, you know, usually hear from him or have like a footnote in a Wikipedia page kind of thing. Yeah. And it was cool. Our first time that we learned that Matt Groening listened to our podcast at all uh, was when Nancy Cartwright came on our show and yeah. told us that Matt had like recommended doing our show. And it, that was like very much an exciting and cool moment. That was probably like halfway through our run. Yeah. And it was just this really cool, like, wait, what? <laughs> like, first of all, Nancy's going to do our show. And then you she heard about it from the guy yeah (laughs) she heard about it from homer's dad that's crazy (laughs) (laughs) since then he has uh said that it's been fun for him to listen to the podcast because you know he spent all of this time with so many of these writers of course but even he's hearing stories that he had never really gotten to hear before from them which is a really cool thing and it reminds me of uh you know when josh weinstein uh, commented on our book for which he wrote the, uh, you know, what do you call that? The, the like, uh, forward. Yeah. The forward <laughs> of the book with Bill, uh, he had that comment about like, Oh, there was a lot of stuff in there that I didn't know, which right. you and I both as self-deprecating, uh, <laughs> people pleasers were just kind of, cause that mean we got stuff yeah, wrong. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you know, as we've explored in this podcast and in, in both iterations, um, and, and as we've both experienced as being working creatives, like, it's so easy to when you're so focused on whatever that creative task at hand is 
say working on a TV show like The Simpsons, you're so fixated on getting that one episode down for whatever that week or month that it just it occupies so much real estate in your brain that you it goes out the next you know uh, cycle for an episode and then to be filled with whatever that story is. So of course, you know there would be parts of the Simpsons history that they're just not even like cognizant of because they were just so close to it. Um, and I, I love how those stories also, and, and just like this experience of doing the podcast in general, getting to meet those heroes, getting to have those moments of like, wait, Homer's dad knows about us. (laughs) I feel like that is something very specific to this era of fandom and this era of, or not this era, but like, I guess, you know, the previous era of podcasts, when we first started our podcast, the environment of podcasting was very different than it is now. And it's funny to think about it. Like when we first started our podcast, there was starting to be that sense of like, oh, another podcast. I know everybody has a podcast now. Truly everyone (laughs) does. And some have multiple. I think Nicole Byer has like seven. Um, and, And I think that there's been something that has been unprecedented and unlocked by this sort of podcast era or our podcast era of like getting to meet those heroes, realizing that they're closer than we think. Twitter, of course, plays a part in this as well. Sliding into the DMs of your heroes, nothing weird or sexual, but just to compliment them. (laughs) Um, I think that it is. Don't say nothing weird or sexual. Well, maybe sometimes. (laughs) If it's DiGiorno Pizza, Allie. Hey, um, baby. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) Go to Allie's Twitter and see more (laughs) details about this weird pizza three-way she's in with corporate. Brands. <laughs> yeah, there was a time in my life in my early 20s where there were three different pizza companies with Twitter accounts who were vying for my attention. And I wish that wasn't the best days of my life, but they were. <laughs> when Tartina's pizza roll yeah. is sliding in the DMs. Yeah how much better does it get? I love like the willful ignorance that we all buy into with that though. Like, of course we know it's some 20 something that we probably know or (laughs) are connected to Mm -hmm. through certain degrees of separation. But I choose to believe it's this anthropomorphic pizza typing at their little pizza computer and, um, you know, sending you love. And that's the story (laughs) and I'm sticking to it. But anyway, I was Mm -hmm. rambling, but basically I wanted to say that, you know, there is something really special that um, the good side of social media um, and podcasting brings you of the tightness of that community that you thought was so disparate prior, Um, especially like, you know, just understanding that your heroes are human and they are, you know, not unlike you and just how much of a treat that has been to realize that in many different ways, whether it was interviewing people for Round Springfield or Everything's Coming Up podcast or Everything's Coming Up Simpsons, whichever flavor you prefer, <laughs> um, you know, whether they worked on The Simpsons or not, just realizing other creatives are very similar in that way or, you know, just that we're all people at the end of the day. It's been such a treat. That's my big yeah. humanitarian rant. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally get it. Yeah, I want to just briefly go back to the beginning. We've told our story many times in the podcast, so there's no surprise of our origin in terms of, you know, being set up by Will Weldon, <laughs> begrudgingly saying we should be friends because we both love The Simpsons. And then it just kind of quickly moving from there. I feel like there wasn't a lot of downtime yeah. um, between us kind of meeting and then us kind of being like, let's work together. Like, let's do this. Let's have fun and figure it out. And Um, I like that for people that are both such planners and really, um, I think 
feel most comfortable when there's like a semblance of control, uh, in your hands, you know, yeah, that we kind of had, uh, a very, um, let's just see how it goes attitude about the show. And, uh, I think that sometimes what makes a podcast great is all the pre-production and all the, you know, the different types of like bells and whistles and, you know, things that are super highly produced. And I really liked that we had kind of like this kind of more lo-fi punk rock, like <laughs> let's just see where the conversation takes us. Cats meowing, um, files <laughs> deleting, you know, people yeah. listening, uh, writing to us online, your sound is fucked up. And then us going, we're trying. Um, yeah. Yeah. In addition to just like the recording quality of it, I just also think that like, not needing to have all these segments um, or choosing to to just kind of like let the conversation go where it goes and be cool with any clubs and mistakes and even god forbid the times that we've misquoted this show oh who cares go eat a peach is what i say to those guys (laughs) (laughs) eat my peach hey (laughs) hey now but that's kind of something that i just really admired about us especially as people that tend to identify as type a most of the time yeah, yeah. I, when we got together, I feel like early on I described us as type A, type A minus, and whoever is in the driving <laughs> seat gets to be type A, and whoever's aside gets to be type A minus. And I, I feel like <laughs> you know maybe somebody would hear that and go, "Oh, are you competitive?" Because you guys are both such Lisa Simpsons. But I feel like the type A type type A minus is a kind kind of arrangement of like. If it's important to you, Allie, I will let you take the wheel or I'll be your supporter. <laughs> exactly. I'll be there ready to like step in. Um, and I think you've, I, I know you do that to me as well. Um, and I think that also like, it's not lost on us that it's fucking hard to find a really strong creative collaborator. Like there's no courting period. Um, you kind of either just do <laughs> right. it or you don't, which is, um, sort of the scarier part of both like if you're in a writing partnership or a podcast um, hosting partnership like it it becomes very obvious when it doesn't work out and becomes it's it's all the more heartbreaking (laughs) because of that obviousness Um, so I'm (laughs) fucking glad that we didn't have to like break up as friends because this didn't work Uh, out yes 100%. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What the listeners don't know is that Julia and I are mortal enemies. And And you know what? The moment this episode drops, we go back, we reset. I don't want to see you. I moved further away from you for this Shelbyville versus. It'd be funny if we all, because everyone, uh, the the comments on Twitter from our last um, Matt Groening episode have been like, you know, a lot of them leaned, I wonder what you guys are going to do next. What's going to happen? It'd be hilarious if we both did spin off Simpsons rival podcast that was just us or very funny. with um, <laughs> weird like facsimiles of each other, <laughs> weird like <laughs> doppelgangers that weren't quite the Shelbyville <laughs> version of each other. Oh, yeah. that's great. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, now Lizel. I can't do that. <laughs> Yeah, Lester and Eliza kind of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, looking back on the show, you know, another uh, fun thing about it is that, you know, it's been on for over six years. And that is a big chunk of time, no matter how old you are. But I think that we started it like in our early 20s, you know, like that's those, that's a very formative period of our lives. Like we both have, 
uh, found like the partners that we're with today and, you know, cats have come and gone yeah. and we've, you know, many different jobs. And I think also just like, we've gotten to kind of grow up together in a way on this podcast, which is really cool. Um, I bet there are a lot of listeners, uh, especially those who were there from the beginning, who have also kind of like gone through their journeys while having us in the background. And there's like a fun little montage that I could picture of like yeah. all the different times you, the listener was listening to us while doing the dishes and half listening, but there you are living your life. And who knows how much nicer the plates are that you're cleaning now? They're probably you know? from Crate and Barrel. <laughs> They're probably some used, used to be. I was gonna say I could never afford Crate and Barrel dishes. Um. <laughs> we we inherited Crate and Barrel dishes because the sellers of our current house, our current house, our forever house, um, they left them. So that's the only way you'll get in. Ooh. But yeah, I, I love that sentiment and I feel it. And I it makes me think of like when we first launched the podcast, um, and we were checking the podcast Gmail. Sorry, every everybody we stopped checking it because twitter became the gmail um, but the emails that we would get early on i felt like were 80 percent cool substitute teachers who had just moved to a new city it was like yeah the sentiment so over true. and over was like i'm a teacher I'm I'm new to Portland <laughs> and I am riding yeah. the train and I don't know what else to do. Um, but, you know, <laughs> we love you guys. And then uh, we love everybody that came after that. But, you know, it's just funny to to think back on that. And, and now, you know, we've done live shows. We've met people. We, we um, you know, have seen our listenership bleed into similar podcast to us. I feel like when we were doing live shows, like four out of five fans were wearing Podcast the Ride shirts. <laughs> and so, you know, it's been really <laughs> totally. great to kind of coexist in that sort of virtual podcast neighborhood in that way too. And I don't know, it's like, yeah, thinking back on, it's been six years. Did you do the math? Mm -hmm. It's just six so crazy. Years. Yeah. I feel like I've moved three times in that amount of time. Yes, <laughs> at least. <laughs> at least. <laughs> Moving's my thing. Um, <laughs> Allie's been in the same apartment, but it's a lovely apartment. But you've you've it's redecorated it several times. It looks like a very different apartment. And it, yes, it, it, it just it keeps getting different. better. Since the dawn of time, screenwriters have taken months to craft their stories. But now, three Hollywood professionals shall attempt the impossible. Break a story in one hour. That's right. Here on Story Break, I, Freddie Wong, Matt Arnold, and Will Campos, the creators behind award-winning shows like Video Game High School, have one hour to turn a humble idea into an awesome movie. Now, an awesome movie starts with an awesome title. I chose The Billionaire's Marriage Valley. Mine was Christmas Pregnant Paradise. <laughs> okay, next we need a protagonist. So I've heard Wario best described as libertarian, Mario. <laughs> and of course, every great movie needs a stellar pitch. In order to get to heaven, sometimes you gotta raise a little hell. <laughs> <laughs> Check out Story Break every week on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jordan Morris, creator of the Max Fun scripted sci-fi comedy podcast, Bubble. We just released a special episode of Bubble to celebrate the launch of our new graphic novel. At SF Sketchfest in 2019, we recorded a live show with Allison Becker, Eliza Skinner, Mike Mitchell, Christella Alonzo, and special guests Gene Gray, Jonathan Colton, Jesse Thorne, Nick Weiger, and a bunch of other cool folks. We suspect he'll show signs of mutation when in a state of excitement. Now, Annie matched with him on Tinder, so she's going to act as the honeypot. I do enjoy being called a honeypot. 
Hey, you know what's better than honey? Gravy. <gasps> Ooh, yeah, can I be the gravy sack? Out now on MaximumFun.org and wherever you get podcasts. And pick up the graphic novel at your local bookstore today. I want to read a couple of um, tweets from folks who responded. So uh, I'm just going to pick a few here. But I asked y'all to let us know if you had, uh, well, it was our final Krusty Q. And so we haven't done Krusty Qs in years. So if you remember what a Krusty Q is, man, you guys are (laughs) Hats off to you. You probably also have our book, which (laughs) I have about seven still ready to sell. If anybody would want a book, I'll (laughs) sign it. I don't know about you, Allie, but I'm, (laughs) I'm hoarding. I still want to know who ended up getting the um, copies of our book that I signed uh, with a misquote because I was just very tired. I think when I was signing and (laughs) I was thinking of like, I I was thinking of the quote, see you in the car. And then I was thinking of the quote mill pool. And then it ended up being see you in the pool, which is not a Simpsons quote. (laughs) So I just in the book wrote, see you in the pool. Love Allie. Actually, (laughs) I think that's better. That's a B side. That's a, It's a real rarity. Anyway, you were going to read some crusty cues. Yeah. So uh, I just asked, you know, what are some of your highlight moments of the show? Uh, Brian J. Field said that he loved our 138th episode spectacular and just really loved our deep and pure love for The Simpsons. It wasn't a game or a scheme. It was just something we all shared. Wish you the best of luck for the future. We are going to miss you both. And it includes a picture of what is in my opinion, the most tender and like gut-wrenching screenshot of all of the Simpsons, which is in the Mother Simpson episode where Homer's sitting on his car looking up mm, at the purpley sky yeah. with all the stars. Oh, That's good. It just destroys me. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I really, really liked that. It was it, so fun. That was a really great opportunity for those who haven't gotten to kind of listen to it, or maybe it's been a while. Um, it's been it was a just while. a really good opportunity sorry. to kind of never say sorry for that. <laughs> Um, I not. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was a great opportunity to kind of like interact with, uh, our listeners and like get some cool, like voice memos and like get to talk to other people who've been on the show before. And it was just kind of, yeah, it felt like the 138th episode of the Simpsons. So. Yeah. And I love Brian J. Field. He's a really good, um, reply guy in a good way. <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> just constantly dishing out amazing Frankiac, uh, memes and gifts anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, B Dilly at Titan Forever 2488 uh, said that overall, the literal years of enjoyment that I've gotten out of it, not to be overly sentimental, but listening to you guys has always been something I've t- turned to when I've been down and needed a laugh. And then he follows up to say that said, if I had to pick one thing, it's probably still, hey, my name is Hamilton. I don't give a Damilton, <laughs> mainly due to the amount of times I quote it in everyday life. <laughs> my god that's that makes me so happy i'm gonna have to run uh and tell mike that um that was like the full month before we saw hamilton we kept being real shitty about it and then cut to me weeping at minute five wow i'm really glad i'm so surprised that a non-simpsons thing leaked into the ether but i'll i'll take it and b dilly's a good reply guy too (laughs) <laughs> everyone's hey they can't all be good reply they can guys. in my book <laughs> in my yard <laughs> um so the next one that i will read is from steve Crisk or Crisky. his his handle is quite aggressive it's at kick puncher <laughs> um i loved this moment he is one of his favorite moments it was when the creator of frankiac popped up the live episode uh which was very incredible he said um 
he's very happy for us uh, with our episode with Matt. But yeah, Frankiac, the creator of Frankiac was uh, was at a live episode and that was very, very fun. That's the same episode, I think, where there was a proposal, a fake proposal a fake to proposal Julia. That I, I think <laughs> I called Mike and he picked up and I told him uh, marriage was off and he reacted very <laughs> <Devastating>. well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna pull back the curtain. I think I texted him before a heads up, and then he did his best acting. <laughs> uh, Julia, here's another moment uh, that you contributed uh, to being one of the favorites. So Josh Robertson at Yo Josh Rob said he can't remember the episode, but the hardest that he laughed was when Julia referenced the song Hoochie Mama, and no one got it, so she just started singing it. <laughs> there was dead air until she moved on, and it was the perfect awkwardness that I loved about the podcast. <laughs> you ain't nothing but a hoochie mama, hood rat, hood rat, hoochie mama. You know, I love that song and i love <laughs> trina's uh move over your ass too fat move over your ass too fat i'll do that'll be the next hoochie mama um <laughs> i love that that's their favorite episode and i also feel like me committing to an awkward bit and letting the silence wash over me like a hot summer rain um is just oh, my yeah. personality in a nutshell um so yeah yeah and and you know what that's a that's a tango because uh you need to feel uh you need to feel comfortable to let the person struggle in their silence yeah. uh a a better person would <laughs> would laugh along at hoochie mama and be like yeah <laughs> yes you go girl and instead i did the mature thing and i let you die <laughs> Right, because you're a good Christian woman and you don't care for <laughs> yeah, exactly <Hoochie> mamas. Right. <laughs> um, at Lucy Crime Fighter said that this podcast brought her so much joy and her favorite moments range from hearing Alex Hirsch talk about Burning Man. Shout out to Alex Hirsch, our very first guest. Going right back to the beginning. I love it. Uh, and Homer's Chili Trip to laughing at Horny Marge references. This podcast made her laugh harder than any other. Mm. And that makes us so happy. And Horny Marge came up a few times let's all take a moment of silence um for horny marge and a wanna and a tua and a threea man that sure was horny and then i'm gonna bring in the opposite of silence for horny marge um hubba, hubba. <laughs> hubba, hubba. <laughs> and all the rest <laughs> that's what horny marge deserves i'm very proud of horny marge for many many reasons i'm very proud of horny marge as a character and i'm very proud of bringing the term or nickname horny marge into the lexicon um, I've seen yeah. how it has seeped into the fabric of society. I've seen <laughs> other Simpsons fans not realize what they love. They finally have a name to couple with what they loved about Marge and loved about the show. Um, as we've talked yeah. about on this show, um, both of our lives are beyond this podcast seeped in Simpsons. I host um, a monthly trivia show called Stonecutters in LA. And then mm -hmm. I also, um, I mean, everything else in my life has been Simpsons. Um, <laughs> but just having the discourse about Horny Marge reach everyone that I know and seeing their reactions, it's, I feel like we're doing a solid for feminism. Yeah, Horny Marge is feminism. It is. <laughs> it's the it's the Horny Marge wave of feminism, actually. Yeah. <laughs> 
So Dunk Johnson at Dunk Johnson saw us live in Portland only to be shocked when Simpsons Futurama legend Bill Oakley showed up. I really loved, he said that he really loved our sweet and earnest show and is so happy for us. And um, thank you, Dunk. Uh, I loved that episode. That's um, having Bill on the show was very, very fun. And being in Portland uh, always feels great in the world of the Simpsons, because of course that was a big, uh, a big Simpsons town. Um, And uh, we talk a lot about that in the Matt Greening episode, but um, my favorite moment of that live show uh, is that I called Bill Oakley Josh several <laughs> times. I don't remember that. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> he turned to me and he's just like, did you just call me Josh? And I said, yes, I did. <laughs> I mean, surely you're not the first. Get over yourself, Bill He looks Bill like Oakley. a Josh. Go eat a sandwich, <laughs> you scum. <laughs> that was a great show. Mississippi Studios. That was a great show. Um, yeah. I am in this Zoom. I am sitting in front front of a poster from that show that is hanging in my office mm. that maybe we'll do a screenshot and show i'm also wearing a simpson shirt that al jean uh gave us i want to say both of us um when he came on the Let show see the, the shirt times. it looks like a record yeah, yeah that's fun um i thought that would that's be nice <laughs> this shirt that is <laughs> al jean's very gigantic. generous <laughs> yes yeah or he's just trying to clear out his garage we don't know which one <laughs> of the two but uh, i'll accept yeah you're right it's actually very any and it's all very pushy <laughs> yeah. we don't ask for it he just gives us all of this random simpsons crap no i love it um yeah i loved that show i remember that venue being really awesome and just meeting a lot of people it was I, right after our book came out so we got to go to that sidebar and meet a lot of fans um i think somebody told us that our simpsons podcast like if talking simpsons is the grad school of simpsons podcast then we are the art school of simpsons podcast and i felt i felt that in my bones and i thanked the person yeah that makes me feel heard yeah i definitely think that's correct yeah. because um talking simpsons is such a, a giant of a podcast and it's doing so amazingly well and great and not everybody can get into that school. No, um, <laughs> not everyone could. No, they're the best. I do remember talking to those guys once when they were in town and they did our show uh, and they were awesome. But I did remember like saying that at some point our podcast would come to an end. And I remember there just being a look of like, what? <laughs> like, what do you mean? And uh, yeah, I, you know, sometimes I feel the same way. I think um, I think that uh, it's pretty easy to to get together with each other and talk about the Simpsons and laugh and have a great time. But this is the final ep, guys. Yeah. So I hope that they're finally ready to accept this uh, this fate. But before we do, we have a few more moments that I want to talk about. And then we'll just do a whole 10 minutes on algae. <laughs> okay. But first, I've got a tight 10 on that. <laughs> The uh, hot dog, the hot dogs kid, Mr. Hot Dogs 2099, said that the Yardley Smith episode is hands down one of the most endearing podcast episodes he's ever heard. We were so stoked to be there. We're having such a good time that it's infectious. I listened mm. to it three times the week it came out, he said. Very sweet. I, yes, that that Yardley Smith and Nancy Cartwright episodes in particular, I think like were so incredibly exciting as fans of the show but also people like julia you've gotten to write the words that come out of her mouth like the the, the yes. fact that like you know she's she's exactly what you want her to be and it's such a 
<laughs> cool thing because that how de- how devastating would it be if uh, <laughs> if she was not what we wanted yeah, yeah if she was like love you babe or if she was like don't look at me in the eye kind of thing yeah that's yes. another thing that kind of connects to what I was saying earlier about like meeting your heroes through social media or just like connecting with them in general I feel like there is something so hope-filled about hearing someone on a podcast or seeing somebody being interviewed on TV or, or whatever, somebody like Yardley who I had heard on a podcast and was like, I feel like we would be friends. And there's, there's an, a level of delusional to that. Um, but I am so glad that we were able to pursue that. And it was confirmed like she's so great. And we had such a great time. Um, and she continues to be great. But one thing that I remember from that interview is her shaming me for not having um, graduated college fully. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll never forget, like when Lisa Simpson, I know she's her own person, (laughs) but when she yells at you for not having finished all of your requirements, and I know that there are people listening to this podcast who have, because in the span of us doing it, I um, got to teach at my old college um, during COVID. And, uh, now they're the my students are going to hear this and they're going to know that I'm a fraud who has uh, one Spanish class away from being fully graduated. They're not going to well, they're going to have to um, turn in all of the grades I gave them. They're going to have to <laughs> <laughs> send back that class anyway. I just I love that memory. Of course. Yeah. And it's a situation where like we talked a little bit about this on the show throughout, but like, you know, the Simpsons characters are so real that it really, even though of course you know that they're actors and that it's written, like you have such a connection to the actual character of Lisa and Bard and Homer and the rest. Um, <laughs> but it's such a uh, incredible thing because you'll never get to meet Lisa Simpson, not, not unless you have a brain injury. <laughs> and so... Being able to meet the next best thing is the best thing that you could ever hope for. And it is so cool. And uh, I hope that if anyone hasn't listened to the episode or wants to re-listen to it, that they get that experience of like getting to kind of meet her as well uh, through us, because it was such a really cool thing. And, you know, as much as we are both people working um, in the industry and, you know, you having written an episode of the show yourself. Like, I still think if I could speak on behalf of both of us, that we're still very much the fan and we're still very much like, we love, we love, love, love the show. And that was one of the reasons that interviewing our Simpsons um, talent was always so fun because they were always fans. And it's just so clear that like, it's just a huge love fest Mm -hmm. and it was really cool to capture that. Yeah. 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 I was going to ask you a very interviewee question. Yeah. Like, why do you think, besides the fact that it's still on the air, why do you think that the Simpsons fandom has prevailed and also manifested itself into the way that we've been a part of it and the way that we've witnessed, you know, it it sort of become different little arms of that tree of fandom? Like, is what is the value of that fandom? Yeah, you know, I think that just the fact that it, the much like the Beatles, the timing at which these things existed in pop culture um, can't be understated. Like they existed and formed the path in such a way for, you know, both of them respectively um, where it is kind of like impossible to, to like, you know, 
they have that movie yesterday where it's just like, what if the Beatles didn't exist? It made me furious. <laughs> I'm like, then there would still be wars. There would be yes. things happening that the, you're not the understanding. The butterfly effect would make, if you think things are bad now, just imagine without <laughs> yeah. let it be. Yeah. Yes. Like, oh my God, there are so many things that you couldn't predict. And yes, there would eventually be someone similar, I'm sure, to the Beatles, but no, there wouldn't. <laughs> and that's how I feel about The Simpsons, where it's just like, yeah, sure, there would have eventually been a family uh, animated show that was more for adults, but no, there wouldn't, because you couldn't without The Simpsons. And, you know, that it's just so in the DNA of like, much like The Beatles, like every band you love has some DNA shared with the Beatles, even if mm -hmm. you hate, even if you somehow are a freak who hates the Beatles. Um, I, I won't give them the time of day on our podcast, though. No. <laughs> the <laughs> Simpsons, um, you know, paved so many things that, you know, whatever your flavor of animated show is, or even just sitcom is, um, there's so much love there. And, you know, we talk about all the time and we even have a section in our book about how quotable the show is um, to the point that even people that don't know that they're quoting The Simpsons are quoting The Simpsons. And it's just, it feels like a fun, special language, but it's very inclusive. And I think that, that uh, there's no gatekeeping in The Simpsons world, even though there are tons of snobs, uh, myself included, even though there are people who will kick my ass in trivia or you know who have uh, more Simpsons tattoos whatever it is it's just kind of like I, I see it all as just like we all just love the same thing and isn't that cool and it's just as we've said since day one you can always tell that someone is gonna be fun to talk to if the Simpsons is like their favorite show like it just makes sense and I think the fan base will exist forever in the same I really think that it's a one-to-one -one comparison with the Beatles uh, which is funny because of course the Beatles are beloved by the Simpsons <laughs> and <Yeah>. um <laughs> like it'd be weird if they were um that reference heavy of a different band mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. like <laughs> yeah yeah even the Stones would be a weird I was gonna say comparison. like no shade on the Stones but like if they what if it was like, the Turtles now that I like, yeah. um, <laughs> but if they, but if they had like members of the Rolling Stones teaching Lisa to like become keto or something, <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. It's just not quite the same. Yeah. I think that that was so well put for me, you know, of course, like, and I'm sure both of us have experienced this and I know we've talked about it a little bit, but like, you know, there is something to when you are a creative professional and you're trying to create your own body of work, like there is a moment of going how much of my life have I devoted or how much of my career too have I devoted to being a fan of something and does that amount to something and it makes me think of that phrase like um, you don't create culture by referencing culture which um, I guess you could apply to this but it isn't because we're you know it's a, it's a fucking fan podcast it's a different category um, but it's something that I've kind of lamented over over the years um, and and that's just me being my full, like, you know, kind of pretentious, but like very doggedly pursuing, you know, a career in the arts. Like, what am I doing? Even though I'm having the best time in my life, but just it doesn't make sense. And I think because it's also me applying um, a metric that does not include our modern times of like how podcasts are formed and how fandom has sort of seeped into the culture in a way that you know, we, we didn't, I mean, I guess you could say it started with Star Wars, but we haven't really seen it manifest until like the 2010s or earlier. But 
when I think about like Simpsons and the fandom and, and how I incorporate it into my life, I feel like I carry it with me as far as a study for how to write comedy and how to write stories. I think about it all the time and it's beyond just like Simpsons did this, therefore dot, dot, dot. Even though I, I of course, am that person in every writer's room I've ever been in. Um, It's to a point where it's like that Simpsons meme of say the line. Um, I am that person. But I, I go to it as a well to, you know, sip from whenever I'm stuck on something and I think about it as like this perfect perfect comedy thing, this perfect writing thing. But then I also carry it with me in that being a litmus test for getting along with other people. Um, and I feel like, you know, all shapes and sizes, all levels of intellect, all whatever, like there is something for everyone in that Simpsons pool. And it requires an openness to being silly an openness to um, understanding and um, surrendering to the absurd. It's also openness to other pop culture references that you may not have gotten otherwise, or it just, it includes you on this, you know, trail of being able to connect with other people in a way that I don't think any other fandom necessarily does. And I guess similar to Beatles, like there are people who are very like casual Beatles lovers and listeners, and they just recognize it as good. And then there are the people who are the scholars of the Beatles and they go deeper into it. Um, But it's something that like, I feel it is no mistake that it has become that level in our current culture. Um, And I think that the only thing that is wild about it is that it is um, still happening. (laughs) And so usually when a show is still being made, people don't tend to have nostalgia for it. Um, But I guess they're the exception in that way. Anyway. Yeah. I also do think that um, if and when the show ever ends, um, I think there will be an even deeper love of it because people love to like, you know, once, once a thing ends, people love to freak out about it. And that's the day all my Simpsons toys will be worth any money. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Any of our Simpsons crap. Maybe though their placement in the theme parks, like they're just going to keep going. I mean, like, let's you know not forget like what random ass characters are still wandering around disneyland and it's been so many years since a fucking lilo and stitch movie (laughs) too many years way too many years (laughs) are they making a new one i think they are are they really i was just throwing that out because i know that there's like disney fandom that fucking loves stitch like there's a whole fandom if you go on (laughs) ebay you'll just search stitch or etsy search for stitch and there's a lot of like but first coffee um t-shirts with like stitch (laughs) and like a robe (laughs) but disney fandom is another thing that we don't need to traipse into um mostly because that's podcast the rides territory so there's going to be um if there isn't already a live action lilo and stitch i don't like that (laughs) that's not what i like don't they know I only want movies that are like Cruella in that vein or nothing at all. I want a reimagining with a killer sound. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. all. (laughs) That does work. I am having kind of one of those moments that's hard to articulate of just seeing a little bit of a flashback of like all the different guests and all the different homes and all the different places that we've recorded, including like going to going to a guest's house, going to the Simpsons lots, like going to all these different places and it's such a it's such a trip I mean um some people maybe have only listened to us for the past um 
iteration of our show around Springfield, but we really have such a uh, wealth of episodes. If you guys ever want to geek out with us, it's very fun, but it's funny because, you know, I think, as I mentioned earlier, like we've both grown as people uh, and we've also grown as podcast hosts. Um, I know that in the earlier episodes, like there's totally both of us, like (laughs) just nervous energy and laughter, which always kind of exists, but also like talking over each other, not really just knowing what we're doing, even though we both had done it before. And now it's like, I feel like we're such pros, Mm. um, which is very um, fun to look back on and be like, oh, I wouldn't have known at all what to say in that moment. And now I like it. I could I feel so comfortable and in my skin and like, I Mm -hmm. used to always get really nervous before a guest. And now it's like, oh man, like everyone's just having fun and any fears are in my head. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I love having this as like this time marker for all of that too. I love having this sort of like living time capsule of becoming, (laughs) becoming a woman. (laughs) Oh, little women, little women. Um, That's what it is about. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I uh I'm I'm trying to think of like what are some of my very favorite moments that weren't already discussed by some of the listeners um I know that some of them are so good that they've already been on a little bit of a repeat like uh you asking like why so many monkeys because <laughs> monkeys are funny monkeys are funny <laughs> and I've never forgotten that <laughs> Yeah. And uh, I think we've discussed, you know, the time that Weird Al uh, got there early and I got there late. (laughs) Yeah. And I just, you know, we were just killing time and um, all of my icebreakers (laughs) that I had prepared were knocked out in like two minutes. And I was like, so what else? What else? Of course, he's the nicest guy ever. Yeah, he is. But I, I remember being so bad in that interview and just not knowing at all what to say. And some of the questions I asked felt so like, I wish that we had had him on round Springfield instead of everything's coming up Simpsons, because like, it would have been so easy if we could just talk about like weird album musician instead of just kind of like, so (laughs) this one episode. Um, But one of my questions was like, you're (laughs) like, you perform at people's weddings was your wedding weird (laughs) I do remember that was such a good one (laughs) I remember (laughs) he answered um no (laughs) I love I love like in in how nice he is he's also very real and like I I don't know he's just everything you want but he's also like just a just a sweet just a sweet man who's regular normal and and my memory with him that I always think about is you know I remember like teasing him about like going in on a shark tank idea. <laughs> like I kept doing that. <laughs> and then I remember asking him like, well, you've just finished this tour. Like what's up next? And him just sighing and going, um, I don't know, cleaning out my garage. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I just, yeah, I think about that all the time. I also think about him. Um, it, this wasn't something he said during our interview, but a quote that he has been attributed to. Um, but how he like looks at his career and his work life balance as living for the climate and not for the weather, you know, just like Ooh. not going for the ups and downs of what fame and how fickle it can be, um, you know, will treat him, but more just being constant and confident and going, all right, we're not going to chase the ups and downs. We're just going to, you know, live for the climate. And I think about that all the time. He's so wise. I love that. Yeah. I, I feel like his hair would, would, 
weather a lot of different types of climates you're right in interesting ways you're right <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> i know i know this is very deep of yeah, us <laughs> yeah i have to say really quickly because i just thought of it with the um monkey thing and monkeys are funny um but i in in the pandemic times, um, I always joke that like we all kind of found our social lifeboats, the people that we just were hanging out with when the pandemic started. And, you know, we've just continued to be in the same lifeboat with one of my lifeboats um, is with Jeremy Guskin, who um, previous guest of the show and also my former theater teacher, though I will argue he was very young <laughs> when he was my teacher. Um, so nothing weird, but, but he has become a really good friend of mine and, and a real treat in my life. And um, how we started the pandemic was because he is still teaching at my old high school or was or is or I don't know. Um, but he got like the online teaching software to, to do full work from home and immediately um, exploited it by creating an appreciation of the Simpsons seasons two through nine, quote unquote, class. And it started actually Aww. as a class and has just like morphed into being kind of a Simpsons book club where it's just like Aww. four or five of us, usually four. Yeah, four just getting together every Sunday and discussing a Simpsons episode and, you know, just like having a salon <laughs> talking That's about so it. Fun. It's been really fun. But something he brought up recently was on top of the monkey um, frequency in the Simpsons that um, bees make a lot of appearances in the Simpsons. <laughs> There's a lot of bee play going on. Not just a bee There's bit a my bee bottom play. and now my bottom is big, but you know, <laughs> giant hats that sound like bees, you know, Homer is afraid That's of bees. Excellent. Anyway, I had to bring it up yeah. and attribute him. Wow. I never really, I never really thought yeah. about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's been fun. We've been, we started going in order um, or not in order, but like kind of zipping around to different favorite episodes. And then recently we've been doing like focuses on certain characters. So we just had like a Flanders arc and um, we did a, a I want to say Mrs. Krabappel arc. And now we're doing like fun. a Simpsons travel arc where we just talk about the travel episodes. Anyway, <laughs> I just love how, you know, we could literally have a podcast where we talk about the Simpsons for six years and um and still be needing other Simpsons <laughs> <Yeah>. outlets. <laughs> and it's still just like, God, I need to watch more Simpsons. I don't know about needing. It really is so good. <laughs> they, they just come to me and I'm helpless against their power. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like, if I'm ever feeling low or whatever, like the Simpsons is such a great like antidote. Like it's yeah. such a wonderful thing to help put you in a good mood. And sometimes because we don't talk about the Simpsons on our podcast, um, as much like, uh, you know, I'm not watching the show for homework. And so there were, I told this on the podcast before, I think, but like there were many months, I think that like, I was not watching the show, like not deliberately not watching it. I just yeah, wasn't just watching it. Need. Yeah. It's, it's a nice little dose of serotonin. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like those are my friends, and I'm and I'm not seeing them, and I miss my friends. Yeah, I miss my friends. <laughs> yeah. Were there any other moments from Twitter.com? Only, only rude and mean and cruel oh. things. So we won't be giving them any Take attention. Take those to Shelbyville. <laughs> um, well, Allie, I do have a little surprise that I wanted to present <gasps> to you. It's not oh necessarily goodness. something that needs to be or can be 
uh, attributed to me. But um, I have some folks who would like to say hi. Yeah. And I'm going to, can you see my screen? I can. Okay. I'm so excited. There's a folk. There's a folk. Oh. <laughs> Bill Oakley. Allie and Julia, congratulations. Since I've been on your podcast many times, I need no introduction. I'm John Schwartzwelder. <laughs> I just wanted to say thank you for having me on all those times. It was great doing that live show with you. Also, writing that forward for your book. And I just want to say on this auspicious occasion, as you wrap things up, that you have steamed a good ham. So long. Best wishes. And I'm excited to see what comes next. Bye-bye. Hello, Allie and Julia. It is your friend, Danny Fernandez. And I just wanted to say, you did it. You Aww. did it. I would like to think that my episode played a small, big part in helping <laughs> you get here. I always knew you could make it. Other people, you know, I heard murmurs <laughs> here and there, but I always believed in you. And you did it. You made it. Aww. And you made Simpsons history. And you made us proud. And I love you. I love you too, Danny. Aww, Danny. Hi, Julia. Hi, Allie. It's Alonzo Duraldi. Um, you know, as the joke goes, uh, I'm the only guest on your podcast I've never heard of. But you had me on anyway. You had me on to talk about the very first episode of The Simpsons, which was a thrill. And uh, I'm just uh, thrilled for everything you guys have accomplished. Obviously, we'll, we'll miss you when you're gone. Uh, you know, you, you could have done this podcast forever because God knows the show isn't going anywhere. But... Uh, I get it, you know, you, you, you hit a wall at some point and it's it's time to, you know, start digging into episodes of American Dad or something. I don't know. I don't know what you're doing next. I'm sure it's going to be fascinating. I'm going to follow you and see what you're up to. But um, just wanted to say congratulations on all the amazing work that you guys have done and, uh, you know, wishing you all the best to whatever, for whatever comes next. Thanks again. Hi, it's Liz. I just wanted to say I wish you all the best and thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I feel so honored that I was able to be a part of this and um, yeah, great job and you know, go on and do more great things. Thank you. Bye. Liz Climo. So sweet. Hello, Allie. Justin Aww. Robert Young from Night Attack and NSFW show and now it's called Great Night because we can't stop changing the name, but it was here in Austin, Texas that we did the Simpsons show together, the live show. Uh, it was an, an amazing time. It was super fun. Thank you for having me on. I loved it so much that I now live in Austin. <laughs> That's a good fucking show. <laughs> Thank you so much uh, for having me on. Congratulations Aww. on a great run. Hey, wow. The Simpsons podcast <laughs> is, is finally done. Years and years of talking about a thing that really just never got any attention from the mainstream media, <laughs> kind of an underground show. But it was up to you guys to really bring it to the forefront. So many unforgettable episodes of your podcast, not of The Simpsons. Um, <laughs> remember when you interviewed Bart? That was cool. He came on, talked about his depression. Sometimes it's needed. Uh, Anyway, I don't think this was supposed to be much longer than 30 seconds, so I'm proud of you guys. Can't wait for your Duck Man podcast. <laughs> so we'll host with you, Joe Quisala. Allie, Julia, it's Alec Owen from oh episode 150. Also, I live with one of you. Congratulations on an incredible run for the podcasts.
you got everyone <laughs> funny to do your podcast because you guys are great and everyone would want to hang out with you for a little bit. Why wouldn't they? Um, except for Conan. I don't know what his deal is. I'm sure he just doesn't like podcasts. I don't think he's ever done one. I'm sure he never will. So I'm sure you can call that a win still. Congratulations. Aww. Allie and Julia, it was such an honor of mine to be on your podcast. Um, I'm always happy to discuss The Simpsons, but to discuss it with the two of you was a real treat. And look, there are plenty of Simpsons podcasts out there, but I choose yours (laughs) as my absolute favorite. In fact, I am very sad to see it go. So, I mean, Allie, you do have such a beautiful voice. Would you sing the entire score of the HMS Pinafore? (laughs) Fuck you, that's so great. (laughs) My favorite part about that video was um, watching him shut off his camera. (laughs) Gee, this hot rod is souped up six ways from Sunday. Never had you figured for a gearhead, Homer. Oh, yeah. I'm a real expert. What is that, a six-barrel holocarb? You betcha. Edelbrock intakes? Nothing but. Meyerhoff lifters? Oh, yeah. I made that last one up. You fucker. We have so much more to talk about. Maybe the next Simpsons podcast. Allie, Julia, thank you for everything. Rock on. <laughs> Rock on, John Mathis. Okay, so that was you heard it here first, and and, and hold that applause, Allie, because <laughs> we have a couple audio clips <laughs> that I couldn't figure yeah. out. So I'm gonna do it. Hi, Allie and Julia. It's Joe Berkowitz, writer of things that are not The Simpsons and occasional podcast presence. It was uh, a goddamn delight to come on your show and really nerd out about The Simpsons for an audience of nerds who are equally obsessed with it. I love this community you've created and how much cool shit you got out of the people who worked on classic episodes over the years, and I'm so glad I got to be a part of it. Most of the time, I kind of just wish I was talking about The Simpsons rather than whatever it is I'm talking about, so I envy the years you spent making this awesome show. Uh, everyone else is probably going to say this too, but let's not call it goodbye. Let's call it smell you later. Ah, oh, yeah. And, oh, and he, so since he's appeared on the podcast, is a multi-time um, accomplished uh, published author. So everyone go buy his books. All right. We got one more clip. Ahoy, hoy, Allie and Julia. This is Bob Mackey from Talking Simpsons and who is here with me as always. Hey, it's Henry Gilbert from Talking Simpsons podcast as well. We want to say congrats on such a great run on Round Springfield and everything's coming up Simpsons. We uh, we really appreciate you guys as fellow Simpsons podcasting comrades. Yes, it was so great to come down and meet both of you uh, and record your podcast for Great School Confidential and have you on for ours for uh, You Only Move Twice and have you on our live show as well. And uh, you also hooked us up with jordan morris who was at our 2020 live show yeah it was so cool to do oh. our live show at sf sketch fest with you guys and hanging out after you guys have been so nice to us so Allie and julia until we meet again keep watching the skis i believe our appraisal podcast enjoyed by all speaks for itself <laughs> i love all of the i wonder oh. what we have one last one i wonder what uh simpsons reference they're going to make um <laughs> we'll see Hi, Allie and Julia. This is Laurel from uh, Joy of Cooking Millhouse. I just want to tell you how wonderful I think you both are and that I'm sad that this amazing podcast legacy is going to come to an end. 
but I'm glad I got to be a part of it. And I can't wait to see what else you guys get up to. Oh, her book is and so her cool. book is so cool. So that was Laurel from Joy of Cooking, Marilla House, as she said. But she is also the author of the unofficial Simpsons cookbook with a foreword by Bill Oakley. Yeah. He gets around. Those are all the things that I had prepared. <laughs> That's so thoughtful and cool. How do you even? I guess you secretly were messaging was, them that's amazing i was, I was watching the sky <laughs> the skis um oh, yeah that's awesome oh thank you so much well thank you for this oh. fucking good old-fashioned good time <laughs> and um and thanks to uh, to all of those people who just left a message um thanks to everybody who's oh. been a part of this lovely little thing that we never knew would last this long <laughs> Oh, but I'm that's grateful so sweet. For it makes it. me very teary. Good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, I want you so to sweet. cry. <laughs> it's good to cry. It's good to cry. That was so sweet. It's um, you know, when you do something for so long, it's almost it almost can like um, become a bit fuzzy and like you know it can blend together. Not in a like I in not in a I forgot things way, but just in kind of like you forget that like you've made just, it's like looking back on your life. Like you've just done so many things and, you know, so many things that we're so proud of and were exciting and nerve wracking. And it's just so nice to have a reminder from the people who are on the show. So thanks for doing that. That really, really was so it's sweet. It's my pleasure. Yeah. Paving the way for the ALF cast that we're going to launch. <laughs> you heard it here first. We wrap this podcast. <laughs> we start next week on the Maximum Fun Network. <laughs> We are going episode by episode of Alf, um, with or without Al Jean. We don't give a shit. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is the first I'm hearing of this, but I guess I must. Um, we did one of the favorite moments that I didn't list uh, that someone had on Twitter was uh, was uh, the Alf cast um, <laughs> talking about the Alf cast. So there we go. Yeah, I guess we um, already did that. We you, we can just repost that episode over and over with Al Jean. <laughs> Um, I can't believe that happened. That one does feel like it was a dream. <laughs> yeah. I think that was the first one we did with Al, I want to say. No, The Critic? Mm, the Critic was first. Right. Yeah. Al, I do want to give Al a shout out because he's been so awesome and great. And, you know, the way that he ended up doing the show is basically um, when there was controversy about how Lisa reacted to Apu. Yeah. I was I was not shy about it. And by the way that's really scary when you have a Simpsons podcast that is like reliant upon having a good connection with the Simpsons people. And, uh, but that's how strongly I felt at the time. And I wanted to post about how I didn't think that's something that Lisa would do or say. And he was really cool about it. And he actually like showed me a lot of respect in the differing of opinions, uh, which is hard for a creative to do in general, yeah. especially if you're running like the biggest show of all time. And, um, I asked him if you want to like come on and talk about kind of his opinions on it. And he said, uh, I'd rather talk about the critic. <laughs> and we're like, you know what? Fine by me. <laughs> yeah. But it was really fun. And it was like, I really appreciated that. Um, you know, I'm sure he hears all types of things about his work. That's kind of par for the course. But it's uh, he, he didn't have to pay us any attention or he could have written us off. And I really appreciated that he was like so open to like, you know, not defending um, his work, just letting his work speak for itself. Yeah. And for him, it's what felt good. And I really thought that was really cool. And I, I might've, uh, I mean, I certainly would not have <laughs> like gotten to meet 
any of these people if it weren't for our show. <laughs> so I'm really glad that we got yeah. to have this experience. And there was also a time, I think, where we were like, when we were both single, like probably inviting certain guests on oh, that we just wanted definitely. to date. <laughs> That's the way you use a podcast. <laughs> so uh, anyone listening uh, who's looking for uh, having a hard time with love, uh, just know that you there's going to be room for another Simpsons podcast <laughs> in town. Or <laughs> So if you guys want to try and find some love. Yeah. Um, anyone who's ever been on the podcast, we had crushes on everyone. We did. Let's just say we that. We did. I think uh, you whether, need to have a crush. Whether it was romantic. Yeah. You need to have a crush to be in like a, a dank, um, cramped studio at Max Fun for an extended period of time. There needs to be an openness to love. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm glad we did it. <laughs> Me too. Um before we say our final adieu, what would you say uh, is the thing that you learned? Because that is how we used to, yeah. that's how we used to end our, our interviews. What's the lesson that you got from doing our show or through uh, our various episodes of the year? Yeah, I love that question. I kind of alluded to it in the Twitter thread uh, that I posted when I posted the, our Matt Groening episode, but something that has been so enriching for my life and just learning and but also just like so tethered to you is you know if you have a chance to do something simple and beautiful with a friend that you have a suspicion that you may really get along with which I did with you do it because either you'll find out immediately that you're wrong (laughs) or (laughs) it will unlock a years-long amazing creative project but also you know, a friendship that has changed my life. And, you know, I, I, I liked you before because I didn't know you very well, but I love you now. And and (laughs) I know, you know, we're each other's sister friend and have been very, very cheesy about it over the years, but I will not hide my love. Um, (laughs) yeah, I, I feel like it's, it's taught me so much, as you said, like we've transformed for the better as people, um, over the course of this, we've grown up so much. We've seen each other through so many hardships and ups and downs and celebrated each other and, and all of that. But I think that it just goes back to like in starting this podcast, like if you have a suspicion that something could be great, just go for it. And if it isn't great, then yeah. don't worry about it. But, you know, just doing the dumb thing or doing the damn thing, whatever, <laughs> however you classify it, um, <laughs> it's always going to lead you to some kind of discovery, be it good or bad. And I could have never predicted how this could have transformed my life. Again, going back to like lamenting that so much of my career is based in fandom. And that makes me feel like I'm somehow less than on some bad days, makes me feel great on many other days. Um, but there is a stank to it. Um, but it, it to me is, is an ultimate good meeting the people that, you know, I know I can laugh with that have said in, in the comments you just read and other comments I've read over the years of like, you know, this has gotten people through X, Y, Z in their lives. I feel so proud to have created something that is through the medium of podcasting, which is inherently intimate. And I experience it as a podcast listener and, of course, don't consider that I could provide it (laughs) for other people who are podcast listeners. But um, knowing that and and being taught that through this experience has been so enriching 
And I just feel like, I don't know, it, it just, there is a bittersweetness to all of this because we are at the end of a bridge and the bridge is, is, yeah. is over in, in that respect. Um, and so there is a lot of anxiety of like, do we really want, and, and, you know, maybe this isn't goodbye. It's smell you later. But I think that, um, that we're also ending it in a way that is on our terms. And I'm proud of us for making this move. Um, and I'm proud of us for being self-aware and caring to each other enough to, you know, um, stop because he's already dead. <laughs> you know those kind of things and that's an ex- that's, that's an extreme way but you know what i mean what did it teach you uh well first of all i just want to respond to what you said because i thought it was all very beautiful and touching and i completely agree and um i uh yeah i think that um to to, to echo your sentiment like being able to um to kind of take a chance on, on so many things, but particularly like to, to start a friendship in a way, a working friendship can be maybe scary and hard. And I know that a lot of adults talk about having a hard time making friends. And so I think like it was an excellent opportunity for us, both in our creative space, um, our working space, um, but in our friend space, first and foremost, and the show is only what it is. Of course, we are so grateful to all the incredible guests we've had, but even if we got great guests, if we didn't have that enthusiasm for one another and that like joy and excitement to see each other and just to gab, it wouldn't have been the same show. And we would have probably ended it after five episodes. Mm -hmm. And so it lasted as long as it did. And it's shocking that it lasted six years. That's so long. (laughs) It's longer than I've done anything. That's the longest I've been at any job. (laughs) Well, I have been with Mike for seven almost. So you got I mean, that makes me wonder that makes me wonder if our podcast has been on for more than six years or maybe i'm bad at counting you met <laughs> <laughs> well maybe you guys had just started seeing each other maybe yeah but it's probably around the same yeah oh so interesting yeah, yeah anyway but didn't the, mean to um... derail <laughs> no, Mike is always a welcome addition to the conversation. Um, so is Alec. Shout out to Mike for doing. <laughs> uh, Alec was one of the voices you got. That was so sweet. Um, Mike, of course, doing our art was so fucking cool. Yeah. Our logo is awesome, and I love that. For Round Springfield and Luke McGarry did our art for Everything's Coming Up Simpsons. Luke McGarry, yeah. what a sweet guy. Um, the lesson that I learned, uh, because I don't want to step on uh, the toes of how eloquently you already discussed our friendship um, and just the idea of like, you know, make something with somebody that you like. Um, It's still similar thematically, but the lesson I learned is like, just try, like, just, Mm -hmm. just try to get this person on your show. Just try to see if they'll do the show. And, you know, um, we didn't know a lot of these people beforehand. We built connections um, through small steps. And over, um, over the course of this time, like we've met some really amazing, talented, funny, cool, great people that, you know, are superstars in, in a lot of regards. And, you know, it would have been very easy, for example, to never reach out to Weird Al. I remember how like nerve wracking it was. And I figured he would say no. And I texted you right after I DM'd him and, uh, was just like, okay, I'm shooting my shot. Um, I, uh, Oh, there's a motorcycle going by. It's actually weird out. Um, but I, <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I'm over it. Old news. We've mentioned him three times, which is why he's materialized. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember I messaged you saying like, oh gosh, I just sent 
uh, Weird Al a direct message um, asking him to do our show. I'll keep you posted. And then a minute later, I'm like, he said yes. <laughs> like, I couldn't believe it. He just so quickly was like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. And it's like. That was such a fun game early on. Yeah. Of, and you were much bolder with those moves. I was way more timid. So I'm very grateful for you Aww. with your balls. Thanks. Yeah, I have big, juicy balls. Um, I, yeah. uh, but that is something that I learned from the podcast. And I also, I became a much more confident person in general, just because um, you kind of have to, like when you're talking to people and yeah. just even if it was the two of us, but I think talking to these awesome folks, like you kind of quickly learn like, Hey, I'm not nothing. Like uh, my, my opinion's worth something like people care what I think about this show that they love. And it was very validating and it just felt very um, supportive and cool. And for every person who's reached out to us saying that, like, you know, we made your day better. Certainly um, you guys made our days better all the time. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And even if we don't know all of you by name, it definitely has felt like a, an intimate connection uh, with so many folks who listen to the show. So thank you guys so much. It really means so much that mm -hmm. you guys kept supporting us. And uh, I hope to see some of those horny Marge pins in the wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me know if you've got that yeah. signed book that was written poorly. <laughs> see you in the pool. Please. <laughs> please, please, please. I want to see. I want to see. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I'm just now reflecting on like all the life points and and that like these you know milestones that we've both reached over the course of it, and you know our jobs that we've had, and and this being a constant. But of course, it doesn't mean <laughs> we're not stopping being friends after this. <laughs> we're not stopping being the people who constantly tweet um, Frankieck Simpsons uh, screenshots. Um, and, you know, I think I speak for both of us when I say that, like, please let us be your go to Simpsons expert yeah. to some degree. Yeah. <laughs> Continue to talk to us about the Simpsons. And but it is the feeling yeah. of, uh, you know, you're uh, you and your, your BFF in high school are going to different colleges now. And there's like, yeah, what's, but what does that mean? Like what's next? What, how often will we see each other and talk about these right. things? And it's just like, that's kind of one of the exciting parts. We had all this amazing yeah. time and you know, who knows? And we're really excited for, uh, I'm really excited for you, Julia, and all the things that, um, you have ahead and you've already accomplished so much and I'm, I'm such a cheerleader of you and I just love you so much. And I'm so happy that we were able to do yeah. this show together. Oh, I feel the same exact way about you. Like, I'm just so proud of you and all that you've accomplished. Like what I just said, what I was thinking about was like you working at, at midnight and then you becoming a fucking editor at mad. Aww. And then like, you know, you like becoming this writer and, and just making, you know, sweet, sweet music too. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite um, parts of any live show was you bringing out your guitar Aww. and then just seeing how everybody like lost their shit. And <laughs> I was right there with them and yeah, I just, I'm just so excited and, proud and all of those things and I know that like people are going to roll their eyes at people being sentimental about a podcast ending probably because who of would ever do how... that that sucks anyone who rolls their <laughs> eyes can go to hell <laughs> what well I was I know but just how saturated the market of podcasts oh, is who cares Blah. but it's like if you don't know if you weren't there yeah <laughs> <laughs> no of course so get off my lawn that I own now hey, as a homeowner that's Thank incredible you. <laughs> I know, isn't that weird? Uh, it makes sense to me. And I love it. Thank you. I'm filling it with all the Simpsons crap <laughs> I could could ever. Um, 
but yeah yeah is this are we are we signing off it's it's are just we... about time to sign off we do want to thank every single person who um listened yeah. to us over the years and of course uh we want to thank max fun um who has been an incredible home can i actually there's some music that i want to include yeah. um as we do this part <laughs> so hopefully this is uh you know we're able to we just want to say to everybody that's <laughs> been a part of <laughs> now it's too quiet anyway continue what you were saying Allie <laughs> we just want to thank everybody who's helped us along the way you know who you are you don't even need us to say your name maybe it's because we forgot it but you mean so much to us thank you to that person who used to take our pictures <laughs> what was yes yes we had an intern very briefly um, and she uh, got very busy slash disinterested she hated um, us but she she hated we us but she was around we loved she was a cool teen or 20 something cool young adult um, we wanted her to think we were cool and, it and didn't we were never remember her name yeah <laughs> um we we want to thank all of the living rooms that we've been uh recording in um all the kitchens. we would like to thank the living rooms and the kitchens as if they are sentient and can hear us but you know you know who you are you are uh probably three out of the four of the places i've lived over the course of this podcast <laughs> and i just want to thank you and on that i want to thank all the movers who've helped me <laughs> over those times our uh our current home uh the home in which we will bit ado the wonderful max fun uh coming to max fun was such an obvious choice for us after we did our uh first live show there uh, we just got to host trivia at max fun con once and we weren't yeah. even in fact we were at a competing place it was like a macy's gimbals type of christmas spirit <laughs> happening in the podcast world and yes. um jesse thorne was awesome at bringing us on and uh really made us feel a part of the max fun family he connected us to jesus uh you've heard jesus's name every time uh since we moved to the show because he's been our right hand man and and really has helped make the show awesome and has always had really good input um there was one time he took beer away from me mid podcast and i'll never <laughs> let him forget it <laughs> <laughs> I was tipsy and that's it. But <laughs> he was always a pro and 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 such a great person to have with us. So Jesus, thank you so much uh, for the contributions. A lot of people at MaxFun have helped us here and there and we want to thank all of yeah. them so much. We want to thank Jordan Calling and, yeah. and all the people at Feral Audio. Yeah. Um, prior to our move to Max Fun, you know who you are. <laughs> um, the people that helped us along the way um, and gave us a space. Um, anyone who has subscribed to this podcast on any different platform, you know who you are <laughs> as well. And unsubscribed, we want to thank you. We want to thank you most of all. Well. <laughs> you kept we us on our thank toes. You most of all, <laughs> you made us feel like shit, and that helps us become better people. <laughs> <laughs> because we ain't shit, and we it's all shit. about finding humility where you can. <laughs> I want to thank um, every parent of someone I've dated over the course of this podcast who's listened to it or, um, you know, as I mentioned, it, it was probably just my in-laws. But, you know, <laughs> if, if you happen to be someone who has parented someone I've dated um, and has listened, thank you for doing the Lord's work and going the extra mile and really sussing out if, you're, uh, if your child's beloved is up to snuff. I want to thank you for that. Yeah, I want to thank all the breakfast burritos I would get before we used to record at your house that was next to the burrito <laughs> place I loved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the Highland Park house, yes. I want to say. Oh, and we need mm. to thank Brandon. Wonderful. A lovely lad. <laughs> so funny. Hell yes, Brandon, on all of the things. Brandon Beck is his full legal name. 
um, in case you're wondering. He also has podcasts, I believe, plural. So go check out uh, his podcast. It's not about him. Boy. I know. I'm sorry, sorry, Brennan. Um, <laughs> um, this uh, is... I want to thank uh, anyone that's ever come to a live show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everybody at Max Fun Con. Max Fun that Con. Fun. That, that weekend changed my life. I feel like I'm a yeah, different person because of that weekend. Um, mm-hmm. But most of all, Julia, I want to thank you. Thank you so much for being such <gasps> a great friend and a great co-host. And Aww. it's been such a treat and words cannot begin to really encapsulate the emotion and feeling that I have. So I'll just leave it at you're the coolest and I love you so much. You're the coolest and I love you so much. I want to thank you, Allie, <laughs> for inspiring me all the time, for you know, making me feel like I belong somewhere in this crazy mixed up world um, <laughs> for indulging me when I want to sing um, You Ain't Nothing But A Mama, <laughs> even though you denied me laughter. Um, again, keeping me humble. Um, character building silence is what we like to call it in the Prescott household. <laughs> um, and I just, uh, I don't know. I'm just... I'm just tickled at, at being able to pull off this long con. We did it. That we somehow positioned ourselves to be peers of our heroes in some respect. We tricked them all. I'm gonna, that's a stretch, but I'm going to say peers. We're all on the same level. Yeah. And uh, it's judged definitely when you look at our bank accounts. They are identical <laughs> to anyone who is written full time on The Simpsons. Um, yeah, what a treat. I mean, my dream when I was a little girl was to write a book because that's all I knew writers did. And I also assumed that any book was good because it was published. So I was like, <laughs> good. I want to make a book that is good. We got to accomplish that dream together. We did that. Um, and if you got to write a book, I highly recommend splitting the difference with a friend. <laughs> it's it's great. Um, it's kind of like splitting a hotel stay when you go on vacation. Um, and then I got to, well, we got to do a book signing um, at the Barnes and Noble I went to as a kid Aww. buying books with my allowance. So it came full circle. That's beautiful. But I just want to say thank you. Of course. You're the best. To one Lisa, to another. You are Lisa Simpson. Yeah. You are Julia Prescott. You are Lisa Simpson. <laughs> you are Allie Gertz. All right, everybody. It's that time. Brown Springfield is a production of Maximum Fun. We're a member-supported show, so go to MaximumFun.org slash donate to contribute. This episode was engineered by Valerie Moffat. Our booking manager is Jesus Ambrosio, and our senior producer is Laura Swisher. Smell you later. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.